0: Welcome to Inspired by Her, the podcast that will give you the inspiration, motivation and tips for success from some of the top executives, CEOs and influencers from around the globe with your host, serial entrepreneur and named one of the most influential Filipina in the world, Kate Hancock. We are live. Hi, everyone. This is Kate Hancock for the Inspired by Her podcast. And
1: today I have Catherine Lavery. Hi, Catherine. Hi, how are you? Great, great so,
0: to be here. Yeah, I love your background by the way. I think
1: you have the best setup. Oh, thanks. Okay. I set up my uh, my camera so that it's my webcam. Uh-huh. It's so great.
0: So, everyone, catherine is the co-founder and CEO of Best Self Company, an organization dedicated to helping people become their best selves, fulfill their potential, and lead happier lives. Now starting as an Irish immigrant with zero business experience, no personal network, and little resources, Catherine has transformed herself into a serial entrepreneur, which I can't wait to hear your story, creating multiple brands and even helping others bring their ideas to life. Now she's been featured at half post wall street journal now forbes 30 under 30 in 2017 and new york times i'm so excited
1: yeah it's great to be here
0: yeah so katherine tell me what was your journey like to get where you are
1: um i feel short but also long at the exact same time um so i moved from i used to be an architect so when i moved from uh ireland northern ireland specifically i went to uni in scotland and england and i moved to be an architect to new york i'd always wanted to live in new york city and uh, i went there when i was 18 and i was like oh i want to live here so i got an opportunity to i interned for a summer as an architect and they offered me a job and so pretty much moved there didn't know anyone uh well i knew like two people and then i started working as an architect and actually when i first got there i was supposed to start work two weeks later so i had two weeks to kind of explore new york and then i'm supposed to start and this company that i had interned with like probably like a month before i i uh, was gonna move there they said oh we don't have a lot of work but we love your work um so but well, we can't pay you as much as we said we would and so they were like would you be willing to come over and they like dropped my pay to like 25% less but mm-hmm. I was so like I want to live in New York that I was like you know I'll figure it out I'll just go anyway and so then I get there and I'm supposed to start in two weeks and a weekend I'm like getting my apartment figured out and all you know all the stuff and I, I moved with like $722 something like that and I didn't have a lot of money and so I'm like basically I'm only going to work have two weeks and then I'm going to get a paycheck essentially or you know, in in less of the month, and then they said, "Oh, actually, we still don't have a ton of work, but maybe you could start in like six weeks." Okay. And and so I'm and, and you know I called them the next day. This is eleven o'clock at night. They messaged me and I'm like, "What am I supposed to do for six weeks?" Like I you know, and, and they're like, "You know, I, I I know when people like graduate. They want to travel and like see the world, so maybe oh, you could okay. do that." And I'm like. I did travel. I traveled from Scotland to here yeah. uh, for this job. And so that was kind of like my first um, time where I realized, oh, I actually have to just figure stuff out for myself. So I didn't tell my, I didn't tell my family about the job stuff. I was just like, okay, I'm going to just like, I was helping people build websites. And I was, um, I learned how to format Kindle books for people. I just basically was like, I need to make money. Um, So I just kind of hustled for the next, you know, four or five weeks. And then I started the job as an architect. But by that time, I kind of had this feeling of like, oh, I I don't know that I can like count on these people long term because it kind of let me down twice. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't making much. I was making like $30,000 a year living in New York City. I was like, you know, designing these insane apartments for people where they're spending like $70,000 on a closet. And I'm like, oh, my God. There's That's like two years of my salary yeah. on a goddamn closet, uh, like some pieces of wood. So so I, I knew like long term that wasn't going to be what I wanted to do. But um, it was architecture is great for like learning how to come up with ideas and self-discipline and, you know, learning how to sell your ideas. So on the side of my architecture job, I started a uh, Shopify store selling mm-hmm. like design prints and T-shirts and things like that. And I was just like, very, like on the side, but it started like picking up steam, even though I didn't know anything about marketing, I would just like post on my Tumblr page, and then people would buy. So I never bought Facebook ads or anything like that. It was so um, kind of successful by accident. It was like, the product was good, but I didn't know anything about marketing. It would be like, if I got a sale, I'd be like, Oh, that's cool. Or if I got a ton of sales on one day, I was like, oh like a magazine must have talked about me or something like that it was like not controlled at all and so that was kind of my first foray into e-commerce and that sort of thing
0: wow that's amazing now can you tell me who was your first client what was your first product that you made well the
1: first product i made so this is probably like i when i was 14 i had an ebay store Okay. I was like very into, like, I didn't know you could be an entrepreneur because my parents were had like normal jobs and I didn't grow up knowing that you could actually have a business. It was like, you you know, I had an eBay store and I, I was, this was totally illegal by the way. I would, uh, actually my first product was I would import Dawson's Creek DVDs from Canada because they didn't sell them in the UK and I sold those. And then after that, the Dawson's Creek tram passed, I started um, making Justin Timberlake video CDs. So I'd download all these music videos on like interviews and stuff. And I would put it not on a DVD. This was like pre-DVD. I put on a video CD and I'd burn it and I would make all the like artwork and stuff. And I sold it on eBay until they shut me down.
0: Oh, wow.
1: <laughs> I
0: think my husband did that, like downloading stuff. Yeah. Remember this MIRC back in the day where you can download yeah. files and sell it?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, yeah. I don't
1: think you could, but we just did. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. So tell me that
0: very first day where you finally come up with your co- first company. What was that like?
1: Yeah. So that was um, my the, the Shopify store. It was called Calm the Ham. And um, I bought it printer for like five hundred dollars and so I was printing everything myself on these really nice like like um Glicke prints and so it was great because if I got an order I would I would have to like manually do it myself and I was so picky with everything and then in at my lunch break at my architecture job there was there was a post office like five minutes walk away. So I used to like do my orders and then at, at my lunch break I would walk to the post office and actually, I, we didn't really get a lunch break, so I would feel bad I'm like running to the post office to like mail the stuff out and then it got to a point where I designed uh, a couple of things that kind of went viral, and I just didn't have the capacity to 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 like have the job and to do that. so I had a task grab it coming to my apartment, okay, and like just picking up all these tubes, and my whole apartment's like filled with all these u line boxes and I I got some friends to help me, like, wrap up these posters. And at the time, I didn't know anything about, like, mass, you know, bulk printing. I would do one by one. Uh, wasted so much money, but I just didn't know what I didn't know at the time. And so this, this task rabbit would literally come to my apartment and just take these, like, huge bags, the post office, and then I would run to work. So it was, like, every night from, you know, by the time I got home from work, it was, like, 8.30, 9.00. And I would work until like midnight and then I would get up early and then he would come at like 8, 7.30 a.m. And he would like take these bags of orders to the post office and then I would go to work.
0: Wow. Now, Catherine, how long did you keep on doing this, doing your side hustle and finally decided to quit your job?
1: So I stayed in that job for 18 months. Um because I was there on a visa, I was waiting for my green card to come in, so I knew I wanted to leave, but I was kind of tied to the job until um my green card came in and so it was this like the last six months where all I wanted to do was like be done with it and like go and do my own thing, but i couldn 't and so I was so happy like the the day I could leave and actually I kind of i didn 't say oh i 'm going to because because I never like just had nothing to do, so I'm like, what if, what if I quit this job and I turn into a complete bum, and I like sleep all day and I'm like I lose all my motivation. So what I did was I I, I said, okay, I don't want to leave my company in alert lurch. Let me finish the projects that I have on site, so I'll only work on those one day a week. I'll go to site, I'll um, do those, and then the rest of the week I'll work on my own projects until those projects are done. Because in my mind I'm thinking like what if I just don't like it and I want to come back so it's kind of like tipping my toe in and then within like two weeks I was like oh my god I can't wait till these projects are finished so I can um just do my own thing because I knew then that you know I liked having my like total control of my own schedule and um I knew I wasn't going to just like lose momentum but it it's difficult because you don't know how you're going to be if you've never been in that situation before.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, Catherine, where is that motivation or that drive coming from?
1: Uh, middle child syndrome. <laughs> um, no, I I think I've always wanted to just do something different. I, I didn't know what that would be. Again, I didn't know that you could just have your own business. And I've always particularly since I moved to the U.S., like, there's such a culture here of, you know, the, this American dream of, like, really, if you work hard and you, you know, develop yourself personally, like, you will, um, you will get rewarded. And I've definitely experienced that. And so for me, I've seen how I've developed myself personally, and that's affected all areas of my life. And that's kind of a constant need for myself to grow that, that drives me personally uh, and a business. Wow.
0: I love how you're sharing the story of you working and packing and shipping during your lunch break because I kind of did the same thing and eventually so I can totally relate to you in that one. And so tell me about that. So you created a Shopify store and how much, like, how much have you sold the first year?
1: I think the you first sold- year I I... I should have a better this right off. I think in the first year I did about 150,000 or so. Um, but I was doing everything myself, mm-hmm. like literally everything. And I didn't, and it's crazy because like, I was doing everything myself and like trying to be so like uh, scrappy with money, but I didn't need to be at the time because it's like, <laughs> Like you pay tax based on profit, but I'm like literally like not sleeping, just working my ass off, and I re- my tax guy at the end of the first year was just like, what are like what are you doing? Because I had so little expenses compared uh-huh. to like the money I'm running, because I was literally doing everything myself. So I learned some lessons there. But um, I think this by the 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 best year of that business did about like two two fifty. Mm-hmm. or so um and, and that was like I call that this is like my vehicle to freedom business like it was never going to be the thing that I did forever but it, it allowed me to you know learn new skills like learn about e-commerce learn about what I actually enjoyed doing which was a lot of like the product creation and then I got better at the marketing but um I wasn't good at that at the start and then also it became kind of this business that was a cash flowing business that allowed me to explore other things so um and I think a lot of people that's a great business to start something that you can learn a lot of skills in and also you know be able to really explore what it is that you want to do long term
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay so tell me what did you learn about yourself when you're sharing this That you're doing it all by yourself, you're being cheap and the conversation with the accountant, what advice would you give for someone that's doing that right now?
1: I mean, I think these are all learning experiences, so I don't regret anything that, that I did. I, I then later got a business partner and that came with its own challenges. So I think, you know, at the beginning, it's good to um, learn every step because because I, you know, did every step of the process i know what shipping an order looks like what doing customer service looks like what you know an operations looks like doesn't mean i'm very good at it but like i have a general sense of like what it is that needs to happen so that later on when i had a bigger company um i wasn't unaware of all the little intricacies that would need to happen to be able to be successful in fact i knew the things that i wasn't good at and, and didn't want to do so that i could Put people in place to do that, you know, on, on the company's behalf. Yeah.
0: So, Catherine, what is the most challenging experience while running your business that you've had
1: to overcome? Um. What is the most challenging? I mean, since I've started, there's been one. It's been you're constantly running into challenges. Mm-hmm. I think the problems that you come up against are directly correlated with yourself and what you can handle in that moment. So like a problem that we might've run into in year one, in year three, it would be like a Tuesday, right? But on year one, it's like, oh my God, this could take us on. Uh, whereas year three, it's like, oh, I, I know how to deal with this. I think the most challenging thing I've recently dealt with is I, I had a business partner for Five years, and for the two year, the last two years, you know, he he had been out of, you know, basically not involved in any way, but still had fifty percent of the company, and so that was extremely challenging because essentially I was like hamstrung on big decisions, and um, you know there was just a lot of internal conflict. So so I have this huge thing going on on the side, but then I'm also trying to run the business in a way that doesn't let this, you know, overshadow, but it, it completely overshadowed me for a long time. I actually just wrote a, a, a article about it and, and all the things that I'd learned. So again, not regretting anything, but that was definitely the biggest challenge because it's essentially, you know, you have something that could, could completely like derail this whole thing that you're working day to day on. hmm but you can't really deal with it, but you're still having to work day to day on it. And, and in my mind, I'm thinking, well, I want to keep the company going and I want to maintain the team, but if I grow this thing, I then have to pay out this person more money. And so it's this like tightrope of like, okay, what what do I do here? And so that, that was almost like a split personality of like, you know, the selfish part of me that obviously didn't want to pay out more money but then the part of me that like wanted the company and the team to grow and so that was definitely the the biggest struggle I've been through recently.
0: Yeah I could I could understand. Now did you hire a lawyer before you created a partnership with the partner? Did you have a good
1: operating agreement? No had a terrible operating agreement in fact everyone when it came to the point where I was like I need to to get out of this thing mm-hmm. or like figure out how we can negotiate this thing. Um, every lawyer I would show it to was like, this is a terrible operating agreement. I'm like, I, I know that, I know, I need, I don't need, I, I already know that, I need help. And so actually the thing I, I just talked about was like things that you need in your operating agreement that I didn't think of. So like uh, vesting is pretty common in startup world uh, where you get your equity over time, so usually it's like four years. Yeah. Whereas in a lot of bootstrapped small businesses, you just get it all up front. And so had we had just done that one vesting thing, you know, this other my partner might have only had twenty twenty five percent instead of fifty percent, you know, because because he 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 was gone after like two years. So you know that's just like a learning experience. I didn't know that I didn't know at the time and you know, just a lot of things I would know to look out for as red flags that I didn't see at the start.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, do you, is that, is that problem solved or you're still partner, or are you still dealing with that right now?
1: Oh, that's solved. Thank God. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm like a month, just over a month out of that, that's but wild. it was, it was, um, tricky because while we, came to an agreement we negotiated for like six it was like six months of negotiation and then and then uh, he was going through a really contentious divorce and so mm-hmm. that's another thing is like the ex-wife also needed to approve a deal and so that also took time and so now i'm dealing with business lawyers personal lawyers divorce lawyers on two sides and it was just like a literal nightmare
0: I could imagine. Yeah, there is actually a system that you can ask a question before going through a partnership. It's called slicing pie. So make sure you don't. go. Oh, yeah. Like, have you done that?
1: I, I didn't do that, but I in the in the blog post I talked about this. I mentioned that software specifically.
0: Slicing. Is it really good? Because then that you know, take away resentment, and someone's going to yeah. not showing up to instead of you being a partner. Right. It's, that's that's going to be causing a lot of friction.
1: Yeah. I also would never um I, I pretty much don't think uh fifty fifty partners should be a thing. Um because you know it's it's like a lazy way to make a decision. It's like a compromise in the beginning because you can't make you can't have hard conversations around like what actually makes sense. And so going into it, like I was so you know, insecure, and and the the partner that I had was a good talker, and like a marketer, and a sales guy, and so that's, I was like, okay, well, it makes sense. Meanwhile, I had all, you know, all the relevant experience for what it is that we were trying to do, and, you know, if I had really looked at it objectively, it's like, well, we're not really bringing the same things, like I'm bringing the capital, and the the experience with e-commerce, and Kickstarter, and the, the actual product idea, and so, you know, I just, I think a lot of, um, especially women going into partnerships where it's different genders can, can discount themselves and what they bring into it uh, because they're um, either like insecure with their own skills or they just don't know how to ask for more because it's like, oh, you know, 50-50 seems fair, but 50-50 is not fair if you're doing more at the start and then it gets more unfair the longer it continues Yeah. and you know it's it's so now i uh, you know the vesting thing is crucial but then also just like a you know slicing pie or whoever you want to look at the actual objective way of how you s- should split equity yeah
0: yeah so uh, for what advice would would you give for an inspiring female entrepreneur
1: um <clears throat> I mean, so I I have this thing where, like, I want to create a T-shirt that says, like, it says girl boss on it, but girls crossed eyed It's just, like, boss. <laughs> uh, because I think there's the thing of, like, you know, I love seeing female entrepreneurs succeed, and, you know, we need more of them. I, I also just want them to see themselves as, like, entrepreneurs as well. Um, so not discounting themselves or feeling like, I think... Female entrepreneurs especially have a lot of soft skills that help them in ways that they don't probably realize because, you know, I think uh, emotional intelligence is a huge part of success is like being able to, you know, anticipate needs and know how to be empathetic towards someone and, and put yourself in someone else's shoes. And so us as, as women, I think that's a natural thing that we do, But but it's like not, you know, there's no MBA and empathy or EQ. And, and, but if you, if you read research on what the skills are or the qualities that make you successful, EQ is often more highly regarded than IQ. And so for female entrepreneurs, I would say, you know, you can lean on that a lot, but it will also only make the other skills that you have stronger because you you're gonna have a much better interpersonal relationship with people but then you you know there's so much more that you know that you're probably discounting that you know because you know that's what we're used to doing
0: absolutely yeah and we all suffer the imposter syndrome which is so difficult
1: yeah oh have you heard of meta imposter syndrome no what is that tell me it's it's like uh oh it's like imposter syndrome is like oh but um meta imposter syndrome is like when you meet someone that has imposter syndrome, you're like, yeah, but they're awesome. So, like, they're not the imposter. I'm the real imposter. <laughs> uh, I get that. I get that a lot. Yeah, we all suffer from
0: that. Now, Catherine, what is the best marketing strategy that works for your business?
1: I think the best marketing strategy is showing people what success looks like with your product. Okay. So a lot of people will, you know, they're selling the features and what it is it does. But if you can show people what success looks like and then show them like an example of what that looks like, especially for them. So, you know, for the self journal, for example, that can be used in so many different ways. So it's like if you have a health goal or if you have a business goal. And so what we learned is that telling a story around something that someone wants to achieve with it, because, you know, people want the product because of what it's going to do for them so you need to sell them on what it's going to do for them like you know nobody cares about the actual thing they care about what it is going to do for them so you need to learn how to tell that story in different ways according to which person it is that is you're talking to yeah
0: yeah now Catherine, i love all your branding in your book it's so colorful is that dark as the sixth side of you is that you did all that
1: oh yeah that? i mean i i, I don't do all the branding now, but I start, I did all the initial stuff. So I'm very, you know, my architecture background, I'm very into design and like, I'm not one to be picky with details as far as like paperwork or, you know, random things, except for design. I'm like such a perfectionist that I will notice like everything. And so um, I think because I've been like that since the start, I also, you know, now I have a team that know that I'll know, uh, you know, I pick up on stuff like that. And I think the brand itself has just kind of grown from this idea of, you know, uh, how do we make people enjoy not just, you know, using the products, but like the feeling of when they open it and like they take it more seriously because it feels like more of an investment. And I've been like involved in how do we create that product experience from the start? Yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. Now, a lot of people are doing this e course e-learning thing that's used right now because everyone's quarantined what did you learn from doing that and what is the best strategy that works for you I love all like I love all the classes that you're selling
1: um so for us you know once you know that everyone went into lockdown one of the things that you know best self has been a remote company since we started Mm -hmm. and so we did this work from home summit and we were like okay what do people need from us and so the online stuff is really just like little bite-sized pieces of content to help one area of your life. So it might be like your relationship or being more productive or like planning your year's resolution or, or whatever it is. So it's not trying to be everything. It's like, okay, how do we help you get a quick win with this area? And so I think that's been a huge help for people.
0: Oh, and how did you get your traffic to sign up for your e-course?
1: I mean, Facebook ads, our email list, uh, we do free challenges, Hmm. um, Instagram, things like that. I mean, it's pretty standard. I think uh, we've been trying to grow our email list over the last, you know, since we started, but definitely more of a focus on it because, you know, paid traffic is just getting more and more expensive. Yeah,
0: especially the big guns are attacking it right now. to have your own email list and you know own your own real estate yeah yeah now Catherine knowing what you know now what would you do differently
1: um what did you do differently I think I would have done less um I think at the start when we we're growing best self. We try to do a lot of different things. And so I think it it diluted what we were doing. So we were like, okay, we used to do all of this stuff. And I think the real power is saying no to things and really just doubling down on things you're good at. Because, you know, we made some missteps and, and some mistakes with like initiatives or like stuff that we tested and just wasn't very good. So if I was starting out, I would say, focus on what you're good at until you don't really have to work at it and then you can like pick another channel or pick another product or whatever it is. Don't try to do like 10 things at once because you're just going to probably do 10 things. Not very well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, Catherine, can you name a person who has had tremendous impact on you as a leader?
1: Um, Person. I think Marie Forleo is pretty Mm. great. Um, I've been lucky enough to meet her a couple of times with the Shopify competition and she was always, um, despite, you know, she was one of the experts and the mentors, but she was always hanging out with, the with us all and like giving us feedback and also just super open. And I think being vulnerable with things, uh, that don't always come hand in hand with like Okay, you know, being a female entrepreneur, but and also being open to be vulnerable. So I think that was something that I learned from her. Um, and I also just like Sarah Blakely. That's another person that I've never met her, but I think what she's created is pretty incredible. So I love seeing um, like powerhouse woman create something huge. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. Now tell me, how's your parents? Uh, are they supportive of you now being an entrepreneur or they're still freaking out? Tell me. <laughs>
1: uh no, they're they're fine now. my mom was always like knew that I would be fine, whatever. So even when I told her I was thinking of gonna I was gonna quit, she's like, Oh, front. And my dad, he's you know, a, a doctor and was, you know, has lived worked in the same hosp you know, worked in the same job for you know 40 years or something like that and so for him it was like you're gonna quit your architecture job and um i think a lot of my friends in architecture were you know like thinking i'm having a midlife crisis or something and a lot of them you know i studied it for six and a half years and then i worked in it for what you know total like two and a half and so a lot of people were like oh well, why don't you you should have stayed in it for seven and a half years because then you would have had you know more time in it and it's just like the sunk cost of yeah, I put the time in, I studied, and I, you know, I got the master's, or whatever, but I also learned a lot, and I learned how to make products, and buildings, and everything, and so you can take that education and use it somewhere else, so I think there's a lot of this, like, sunk cost bias of, like, trying to put more time in, just because you've already put that time in, that time's already gone, like, I can't change it now, and I wouldn't, yeah. uh, so I think it didn't start, like, my parents were like that, but then uh, now they're, they're just, like, I think they kind of know what I do, but, um, like I work on the internet, but, uh, no, my, my mom watches, she'll probably watch this, uh, Facebook live. (laughs) She watches like all the videos I do multiple times over. That's
0: wonderful. Now, Catherine, what do you think is an advantage as being an immigrant? I am an immigrant myself running a business in America.
1: Can you tell me? Um, we get the job done. Isn't that how the song goes? Uh, I think for me, you know, I I think it's just this idea of you come over here and then there's this idea of the American dream and you want, you have to work hard to get to it. But I do think like, well, you have to work hard and you have to work smart. There's a lot of people working really hard that, you know, really, really hard that are not um, doing this same. So it's just a different uh, model. But I think for me, it was just this idea of like, well, I don't have anything else to fall back on except so i have to make something work and i think that kind of your back against the wall thing makes you just figure stuff out that that maybe if you had an escape an escape hatch that you go to or a support system then you wouldn't need that as much
0: yeah absolutely now think of someone who cares deeply for you what would you say your purpose is, is?
1: Uh my purpose is to help people become the best version of themselves.
0: Love it. Now, Katherine, how do you want to be remembered?
1: Uh I think I'd like to remember it as a creator. So yeah, I just I like to I like to write, I like to make products. I just like to create things that um, either learnings that I've had or or things that I think will help people.
0: Love it. Catherine, it's so nice hearing your story. Where can they find you? What's your handle, website? Tell me. Uh,
1: My handle is just Catherine Lavery, C-A-T-H-R-Y-N. My company is BestSelf, bestself.co. And then um, Co on all socials. And then I, I blog and I write on littlemight.com. Oh, love it. And that's where you'll read that uh, I just wrote about my business partner woes. So if anyone is thinking of getting into business partnership with someone or they they need help with their operating agreement, you should read that before you sign any documents.
0: Wow, wow. I would love to hear that a lot of women struggle with that one. Now, Catherine, what's the end goal? What's the big hairy audacious goal?
1: Oh, no pressure. <laughs> I mean I want to make best off into a uh, like a household name multi not multi millions because it's the revenue it's like how many lives can we change with our products and with our ideas so um, that's what my big goal is because I've seen like how my life's changed from personal development and really like being intentional with different parts of my life and so it's kind of like a like a like a cheat code for life is what I consider it. It's like, why didn't I learn this stuff at school? Is you know, all this, we spend so much time in traditional education, but it doesn't really help us get set up for being successful in life. And so for me, Best Self is about giving people the tools to sort of democratize this idea of personal development so that they don't have to read like 200 books to like get the, the gold or, you know, like we'll create the frameworks for you so that you can get, you know, this goal or this goal or this, you know, system in your life. And so that's, that's what I'm really excited about.
0: I love it. Kathleen, thank you so much. It's so thanks so much. I'm having fun talking with you.
1: Yeah, this is great. Yes. I'll send it to my mom. Yes. Have a good day. thank you so
0: much. Of course. Talk soon. Bye. Bye. That was great. How is it? Oh my God. I love your story. I can relate to you.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. This is awesome. I'm like trying to go on Facebook to see how I can share it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'll share you the link and stuff. But like, yeah, there's so oh my god, so much things that you're doing. I I was like doing it myself, so I was just yeah in the back of my head. Yeah, I started with twenty dollars and selling stuff online, and yeah. I got to like eight figure business. So I was like packing and shipping in my lunch break. Yeah, <laughs> so.
1: It's- do you know the Gymshark story?
0: No, no,
1: no. So G- Gymshark is this like British clothing brand. And um, I met them at, at one of the Shopify things. But the uh-huh. guy there, he started when he was 16. He learned how to sew his own gym clothes. Mm-hmm. And like he was doing the same thing where he's like sewing it and shipping it and like working as a pizza hot delivery guy and all this stuff. And and his story is fucking awesome. I don't even know if I could swear on your thing. So I didn't, but I swear sometimes. Um so he it just got uh he never took outside investment until earlier this year and it got valued at 1.45 billion dollars
0: holy cow! i gotta i gotta i gotta i gotta i gotta that's watch crazy that's crazy well that was so much i can't wait i'll i'll follow up with you i'll follow you on instagram and i can't wait what you're doing and um you know i you're gonna get yeah. it to be a household name I'll support
1: you. Thanks, Kate. Appreciate you. And thanks for reaching out and and asking me to be on your show. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Have a good day. Okay, bye. Bye.
0: We hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And visit katehancock.com so you don't miss out on the next episode.